Well, Grace and Peace Destiny Christian Center and our E-Church watching online. Tonight we are celebrating Good Friday service. And so I know we get caught up sometimes in the whole emotionalism side of things and we get the, or the celebratory side of things as we celebrate the Easter Sunday morning. But yet tonight I wanna to talk simply on the seven things that Jesus had to suffer, that Jesus had to go through, that Jesus had to go through some persecution even. And so we're gonna talk about the seven things in the next, let's say, half hour. And at the very end, we are going to take communion. Now I have with me the, the setup that we have at the church where there's a vial of juice and a wafer. We'll be using that, me particularly, here in this setting. But you can use whatever you have in your cupboard. If, you, if you've not placed a request to have this sent to you, you can use a piece of bread in your cupboard or you can get, maybe even grab a, a cracker of some sort and a, and, a, and a cup of juice, however you want to use that. And we'll do communion immediately following this particular session. But without further ado, let's, let's jump right in. I want to talk about the seven things that Christ had to suffer. And the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is simply based on betrayal. Christ had to go through betrayal in, the, in one of the seven things that he had to suffer. And it's found in Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 and 25. I'm reading tonight strictly from the New King James Version for you to follow along at home as well. And it reads this way. It's a pretty lengthy read. We're going to read 19 verses. And it says, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not always have. In verse 12, for in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Then one of the twelves called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests, and said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him, to betray Jesus. Now on the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand and I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. When evening had come, he sat down with the 12. Now, as they were eating, he said, assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And we and they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, 
Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, you have said it. Now betrayal by his disciple, whom he handpicked, had turned his back on Jesus for simply 30 pieces of silver. Now many of us can justify snitching when it's against somebody we really don't know or we can really care less about. But listen, Jesus for the past three years had been pouring into these men, even Judas Iscariot, pouring into this man. And here we find one of them was willing to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. Being betrayed by someone we love, listen, we understand this. Being betrayed by somebody we love hurts more than a stranger because our expectation of them seems to be a little bit higher. And what happens is, is our trust is destroyed. So Jesus had to suffer betrayal by one of his own, ones that he even loved. Let's, which brings me to the second part that Jesus suffered, in denial. Denial we find in Luke chapter 22, verses 54 and 62, through 62. And it said this way, having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this was also, this man was also with Jesus or with him. But Peter says, he denied him saying, woman, I do not know him. And a little while after another saw him and said, you are also, you also are one of them. But look what Peter says. Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed now, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter says, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster, rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him just prior to this event, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And the Bible says that Peter went out and he cried. He wept bitterly. Second thing Christ had suffered was denial. The very same Peter who just in previous chapters that was told by Jesus that, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And recognize that he was, that he has things revealed to him by his father who was in heaven, is now denying Jesus, my God. He's now denying Jesus before men 
and women that he does not even know the same man who Jesus even invested his life into for three years, who walked with him, talked with him, and did ministry together, listen, is now denying that he even knows who Jesus is. Peter could have stood up and said something like this, I do know this man, and he is the son of the living God. He could have had Jesus' back, so to speak, but instead, the, mer- the very man who walked and talked with Jesus is now denying him, even knowing of this man. Denial from anybody can be challenging. You and I know this. But denial from someone you've invested in really truly hurts to the core. Whether it be a, a child, whether it be a friend, whether it be a loved one, when they begin to deny the very existence of who you are, I do not know you. That hurts to the core. And so that was the second thing that Christ had to go through and suffer. Brings me to the third point, aloneness. Jesus had to suffer aloneness as well. Look with me in Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 41. Then they came to a place, it reads, which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then Jesus said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, this hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Please take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came out and found them sleeping, the Bible says, and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch, but even just for one hour? And he says to them again, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, Jesus went went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, the Bible says, and they did not know what to answer him. Then he came the third time and said to him, or them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. The third thing that Jesus struggled or had suffered with was now aloneness. Now listen, Jesus entrusted with him three men to pray with him to lift him up as if he as as he was about to get, go into the biggest test of his human life he was about to suffer a lot for the sake of the call and jesus had been preparing them and informing them that what he was sent here to do and when they were asked to come and pray they instead came and slept 
Oftentimes we feel like we are in the game, in this game, so to speak, of life all alone by ourselves. But leading up to this point, Jesus had already recruited 12 men to pour into that would have had his back and declared the gospel. And here he finds them giving into their flesh and sleeping. Jesus was all alone and had to go through this all by himself. Now you may be watching at home and you can relate even with this suffering of Jesus. That sometimes we feel like we're in this all alone. That there's nobody there to really have our back, so to speak. You may have dealt with the betrayal as well. And the ones that you thought you can trust have now abandoned you. So you can relate with one of the sufferings maybe that Jesus Christ had even dealt with. Which brings me to the fourth suffering of Jesus, accusation. We find this in Mark chapter 14, and I'm going to jump a little bit. Mark chapter 14, verses 55 through 59, and then we're going to jump to Mark chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. And it reads, Now the chief priest and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Then some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But not even then did their testimony agree, the Bible said. And now we're going to jump to chapter 15, verse 1. Immediately in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to them, It is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things. But he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you? But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. So the fourth thing we see that Jesus had suffered was simply accusations, falsified stories, lies being passed upon them. Many of us can relate with accusations that falsely documented against us and that hurts in a whole other way. When people you love or people that you've tried to speak over are now accusing you. Jesus had done nothing wrong, but yet was being accused by the brethren. We know that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, so he was using people to accuse him, to have him banished. Jesus, you know, here's the thing. We, we, we tend to forget some of the things, the authority that Jesus actually operated in. Jesus could have had angels come down and be his defense attorneys. And then this whole thing would have ended. But Jesus had to bear the accusations, the false allegations even, of those who shared his heart for their gain. 
There was a purpose behind this. And, and it is never comfortable when you're lied against or you're lied to even. But when you're lied about, it hurts in a whole different way. So Jesus had to suffer accusations from those who completely took what he was saying out of context to get the game, to destroy him, to banish him from this earth. That was the fourth thing that Christ had to suffer. Which brings me to the fifth thing, simply suffering. And we can find this very familiar text in Isaiah chapter 53, verses one through five. And it reads this way, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. We see that the prophet Isaiah prophesying about what Jesus was going to have to suffer so that you and I may have life. Suffering comes in all different manners. We all know this. It comes in the form of rejection even. It comes in the form of persecution. It comes in the form of anger and bitterness as well. The Bible says even in, in one, one particular text, it says that Jesus was spit upon. He was punched even in his face. He was beaten to a bloody pulp. He was abandoned by those who supposedly supported him. He was rejected by the ones that he fed spiritually and even naturally. Jesus had to go through this suffering from those who hated him and those who even loved him. He had to go through some things that maybe we've never had to experience, but maybe you've dealt with suffering at home so you can relate with some of the pain that Jesus had to go through. The suffering, the people who turned their backs on him, the people, the very people that he was sharing the very gospel the, the, the heartbeat of God himself are now spitting in his face. The very God, the very man who spoke life into death situations, these are the ones that are pulling at his beard. The suffering that Jesus Christ had to go through as a natural man was brutal. And maybe you can relate with this if you've been persecuted even physically, 
You may have been in the jail systems or you may have been just hurt in whatever mass, in whatever way that you can think of. You can relate with some of the suffering that Jesus had to go through. And that brings me to the sixth point. The sixth part of his suffering is simply crucifixion. And we can find this in Matthew chapter 27, verse 31 through 43. And after that, they had mocked him, the Bible says. They took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found, of man, a, fa they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set up over his head his accusation written. There's his accusation again. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reveled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou hast destroyed the temple and buildest it in three days. Save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross, mocking Jesus. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him. With the scribes and elders said he saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, verse 43, let him deliver him now if he will have him, for he said, I am the son of God. Now, first off, we have to look at crucifixion in itself. Number one, Jesus is being mocked and ridiculed by the very things that were spoken out of his own mouth. Now he was suffering even from the, the, the standpoint of his people that were watching him were mocking him as he's now hanging on a cross. We know the scripture, it says that they nailed him in his hands and they nailed him at the feet to bear him. And so crucifixion, the word crucifixion was originated from the very word excruciating. The crucified victim was physiologically forced to move up and down the cross. A distance, it says about 12 inches in order for them to even breathe. Now the process of respiration caused excruciating pain mixed with the absolute tear of asphyxiation. <laughs> Just to think about how he had to suffer and die and how he had to be crucified on the cross for a crime that wasn't worthy of what he did. And here we, here we see Jesus, just imagine the mere pain 
and suffering that follows crucifixion is excruciating in itself. But Jesus was crucified, listen, after he was beaten with a cat of nine tails, 40 times. He took 40 lashes from a cat of nine tails that just begin to buffet his back, begin to, begin to just shred the very skin off of his bone even. He suffered. So here we see Jesus was hanging on a cross that some would say has an average of 30 minutes or an average time of dying between 30 minutes up to maximum 24 hours, which they even go on, the historians will say that that's not even legit, but it could be possible. Now Jesus here is on the cross of Calvary, being crucified, suffering for you and I. As he's bleeding, stripped naked, hanging on that cross, with his body shredded, dripping with blood, and skin lacerated all over from the shredding that this brother took in his own back. The Bible even says that he was unrecognizable because of the beating that he had suffered that day. The blows to the head, the kicks, the pulling, people were just going and destroying this man. Now imagine, it's hard enough for just a, a, a man that's just being crucified to hang on a cross. But now this man was beaten to the very inch of his life, hanging upon a cross as blood pours down his body. Oh, did I forget to tell you that they put a crown of thorns and pushed them over his head and upon his brow that blood began to pour down his head. This is the suffering that my Savior, Jesus Christ, had to go through. And that's just the sixth thing, which brings me to the seventh, and it's the finality of this whole day, and that's the death. Look at Luke chapter 23, verse 44 and 46. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the Bible says, the ghost. He died in that moment, fulfilling what the prophets had spoken, fulfilling his very purpose on earth in the, the whole time. This was his only reason for being here. Now he suffered the death as he gave up the ghost now listen, in this life we live, we will only face death once, but it is on everybody's watch. It's on everybody's watch. That is an appointed unto men to die. Now, when we celebrate the homegoing of a loved one or a friend, we remember what they meant to us and how much they impacted us. 
by how they lived their life. Now listen, Jesus knew no sin, yet he was crucified for our sins, that we may have eternal life with him. Jesus wore the stripes from the beating he took leading up to his death. Listen, so that you and I can now be healed. Jesus had to endure all this pain and misery that I have spoken about tonight so that you and I can find refuge, safety in him. So we won't or we wouldn't have to suffer. The Bible simply says, death where is thy sting? It also goes on and says, to be absent from the body is to simply be present with the Lord. As the song truly goes on and says, I will truly never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. Listen, we will truly never know the cost to see our sins upon that cross. We'll truly never know. We'll never know how much. Jesus bore it all that me and you may have life. Jesus had to have accusations, betrayal. He had to be alone for a season. He had to look at denial from, from people that he loved. They denied him before everybody. The suffering that he went through to the crucifixion and even into his death is what we're celebrating tonight. We're in doing this in remembrance of what my Savior suffered for me and you. My God, I feel, I feel a praise right there. What me and you now can partake in. We can now partake in salvation. We can now partake in healing because he wore the stripes. He was beaten. He was wounded so that me and you may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. That me and you should, even though we'll face some things, but Jesus already bore our sins. That we may have eternal life with him. I'm feeling something stirring in me just when I talk about the mercy of God and his grace and, and it's how much it means to me. Come on. I know this is E-Church right now, but I just want you to take a second there and begin to love on him. Father, we love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for what you did. Thank you for embracing the sins of this world that I may have life for tomorrow. Father, I thank you for taking those stripes and being beaten the way you were, that I may be healed on the inside and not just on the inside, but my outside. If I suffer with any kind of illness, you bore the stripes that I may be healed. And I give you praise, Father. Come on, just take a second. Give him praise right there. Give him your love right there. Give him your worship right there. He is an awesome God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So tonight I just want to take a, take. I want us to partake. 
in communion, just in remembrance of Jesus and what he had done and, and how he suffered for me and you. So if you have your substance, this would be the time to go and get this right now. And we're going to read this, and, and it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Ah, Jesus. And it reads this way in verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given it thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So go ahead and take your bread or whatever you're using. Break and just take of it and eat in remembrance of his brokenness, his body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In verse 25, it says, In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till I come. So take your substance and we're going to take this in remembrance of the blood of Jesus that he shed upon the cross of Calvary in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your blood. Hallelujah. You're an awesome God. Come on, just... Bless him right there. Bless the Lord for his goodness. Endureth forever. Thank you, God. Now I want to pray as we close out this Good Friday service. I want to pray over you. And remember that we should do this communion. He said to do this often. He didn't say he told us to remember his death more than anything else in this world that he ever did. Remember him. And so I want to pray a blessing over you that are watching on our e-church. So Father, in Jesus' name, as we remember this week, as actually as we celebrate this weekend, the death and then your resurrection, because we're, we're going to have a celebratory service Sunday. We thank you, God for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you died upon the cross of Calvary. Father, I thank you that you suffered and died so that I may have life. Jesus, I don't deserve it, but I thank you for it. And so, Father, I pray a blessing over those that are watching tonight, those that have partaken in the communion ceremony, Father, let us never forget what you did for us. Let us never forget the cost that you paid for my behalf. Thank you so much, God, because you paid a price that I'm never, ever going to be able to repay you back. 
It was your suffering. And I love you for it, Father. And I'll love you till the day that I leave this earth and I am there in your presence. So, Father, thank you. Bless those people. And we love them. We'll see you Sunday morning. You can join us in either service, the 930 or the 1115. We're praying for your salvation. We're praying for those that are that you've been praying. We've got a wall here at the church that, that you can send your prayer request in as well. We can get them up on that wall. But we are praying that a revival is going to break loose. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we'll see you next time. God bless you. This is Destiny Christian Center, and I'm Pastor Nate. I love you.